Welcome to Bethlehem Covenant Church's sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed as you listen to this message. Good morning, Bethlehem Covenant Church. Thanks for joining us on this May 14th, Mother's Day. And let me start by uh, uh, thanking all of the moms out there, including my mom, who watches uh, our services, our sermons here as well. And uh, I had an incredible mom, uh, still do. She uh, still checks on me, makes sure I'm doing everything right. Uh, it showers me with love and prayers all the time. I'm very thankful for her. And I thank you, uh, thank all the moms out there and all the time and energy they put into uh, uh, raising their children, even adult children, and prayers for them and burdens for them and everything that they've done. We thank God for our moms uh, today. I uh, hope you're doing well. Uh, this morning we have a Mother's Day uh, breakfast, brunch, and uh, that's good. We also celebrate our grads. There are nine uh, students from our high school that are graduating here next weekend, and and uh, we remember them. And um, we also, a couple announcements for us is if you haven't registered your kids for VBS yet, get them registered. It's coming up June 4th through the 8th. Uh, and then next Sunday, uh, May 21st, we go to our summer schedule. And so we have just one service every Sunday morning at 9.30 for the next couple months of summer until we kick back into the fall season. And so uh, if you're coming out to church, just remember that it's a 9.30 service time and we'll have donuts and coffee before it. And then for the month of June, I wanted to let you know that I'm on sabbatical. I'm uh, taking that. I'm going to be going to Israel, leading a group of 44 there, as well as taking a couple weeks off for um, just some rest. Um, but uh, uh, happy to be a part of this church and all of its ministries. But for the month of June, uh, just taking a little break there. And uh, so uh, all of our services, though, will continue on. We have some incredible speakers coming, and uh, Pastor Jessica is going to be uh, here leading things, too. And uh, it's uh, going to go on as as normal in June uh, at our services and everything. But uh, just to let you know where I will be during that time. All right, for this morning, we get right into the sermon here, and uh, we're going to continue on in our Grow series, uh, remembering that as uh, Christians, God wants to continue to grow us up in Christ, uh, that we would be ever-changing and becoming more and more like Jesus, and uh, that we would continue to grow in faith in love, in service, in knowledge of Him, that we would bear good fruit in our lives as well. And so our first week in this series, we looked at Colossians 2, 6 and 7, where it said, just as you received Christ Jesus as your Lord, continue to live in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith and overflowing with thankfulness. And then last week, we looked at one of Jesus' most famous parables, the parable of the sower and the seed, and why some people grow and others don't, and what it means to be good dirt. Both of those sermons, there on YouTube if you want to listen to them. Well, this morning, I want to look at two more scriptures about growing in Christ, and they are ones that I think would make my mom happy. Um, it is Mother's Day, and so I picked two scriptures I think that she would like. Well, the first scripture is found in Hebrews 5, and it's all about becoming mature and growing up. 
moving past milk into solid foods in our faith, that is. And the second scripture is in Philippians 3, where Paul will talk about his inner desire, his heart, which is to know Christ more and to grow in his love and knowledge of Jesus. And there is something that he says there I think is important for us and something I think would make my mom happy. So we have two scriptures for today. So uh, the, let me start here with Hebrews 5, if you have your Bibles, Hebrews 5, verses 11 through chapter 6, verse 3. And before I read this, I want to just say that I first discovered this scripture when I was in Israel, my first trip over there about 20 years ago, and I was learning so many things over there that I never knew about God or about the Bible or about the Old Testament, and I was loving learning again. The Bible came alive for me, and so I was reading it one morning on the rooftop of our hotel overlooking the old city of Jerusalem. I mean, talk about, I mean, magical kind of thing there. But everything was just so real. And I was reading in Hebrews, a book that I hadn't spent hardly any time in before. And I came to this passage that I'm about to read for you. And it was one of those moments when I felt God was speaking directly to me about how it was time to grow up. To no longer be a baby in the faith, but time to really start learning and becoming who I was meant to be. And so Hebrews 5, 11 through 6, 3, it says this, we have so much to say to you about this, but it is hard to explain because you are slow to learn. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teachings of righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us leave behind the elementary teachings of Christ and go to maturity not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death or faith in Christ, instruction of baptism, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And God permitting, we will do so. Now, what hit me in Jerusalem reading this was that I realized I had become stagnant in my faith. I had become a little bit lazy. I had stopped growing. I had stopped learning. This scripture spoke to me because it said, by this time, you ought to be the teacher, but you still need someone to teach you the elementary things of faith. And then it gives this example of a child at home with his mother and how we are like babies still needing milk instead of solid food. And of course, what the scripture is saying is that at this point in our life, we should be on to the solid foods. We should have grown up, but we're still infants in the faith. By this time, we should have matured to deeper teachings and been the ones to teach others, but we're still wrestling with the ABCs when we need at this time to be discussing and moving on to greater things that God would teach us. This was convicting to me. It wasn't condemning. 
I didn't feel like I had disappointed God or was a failure or anything. It was just convicting. It was the push that I needed to realize it's time to grow up and mature in my Christian walk. At that point, I was just beginning ministry, and so it was really important that I have this moment with God because I was in charge of a congregation now, and they would be looking to me. And I needed to know the Bible well. And I needed to know the truth better than I did. And have a strong foundation and fundamentals in my faith. I was also newly married at the time. And I had two babies now at home. I was a a husband and a father suddenly. and, And they would be looking to me for guidance as they grew. And so it was time that I grew up and became a spiritual leader in my home. So this idea of moving from milk to solid food really spoke to me. Back then, you know, Aria and Matthew had just gone through that transition in life, moving from mother's milk to now eating solid foods and growing and becoming little toddlers. So the illustration was just perfect for me at that time. But you could also think of it as a a grown kid still living at home, realizing it's time to become an adult. There are many transitions we go through in life of growing up, moving from milk to solid food, from child to man, from the student to the teacher. In all of this, this scripture helped me see that there is a growing up that needs to happen in our walk with Christ too. And how many of us can can get stuck and stay baby Christians our whole life, never mature, never become teachers ourselves, never learn past the basics into the deeper things of faith that God would teach us and how he would want to shape us. We all can become stagnant in life, stagnant in our relationships even with each other, or in our marriage we can become it, stagnant in our relationship with God and developing and becoming greater service to him in our church, more mature in our beliefs and our practices. You know, when I look back at some of the men in my life, my dad and my grandpa, when I think of the elders of the church that I grew up in and the pastors that I had, I see strong men of God, wise and learned, a deep understanding of Scripture and respect for it, a love and a fear of God, a conviction that's deep of right and wrong and doctrines that came and were formed out of real prayer and study and living. I see men of integrity, mature and wise, and I I know God wants that for me and for us to grow up, to lead our families and our churches well, to be teachers at home for our kids and not leave it to chance or leave the world to to guide them, but we must guide them. We must build that foundation that they can build their lives upon. We must be first convicted of the truth of God's word ourselves and then pass it down to others. If we are unsure, they will be unsure. And I realized on that trip, it was time that I grow up in this, to be a man of conviction and know what I believed and stand on what I believe. From that day in Israel today, I have been far more intentional and disciplined to learn. I still have much more that I can learn, but I have dug deeper. If I came across something that I I didn't know, I studied it. I looked it up. I read about it. I, I found the verses and I learned them. I asked the questions that needed to be asked. I read the whole Bible. 
not just parts of it, because people were counting on me. And so I grew up. And part of that growing up is the wisdom that the Bible is true, all of it. And it is God's Word. Even when I don't understand something in it, it doesn't mean that it's not true. And so I've learned to just accept the truth and move on. Part of what Hebrews 5 is addressing here is that the Christians are flip-flopping on the fundamentals. That is why they're being stuck as infants and not maturing. He says in, in 5.12, by this time you ought to be the teachers, but you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. All over again means they're questioning it. In 6.1, he says, let us leave these elementary teachings and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of, and then he mentions six things there, six truths that they've been questioning. Things like repentance and sin, what it is, and faith in Christ and baptism and resurrection and eternal judgment. They have been hearing other things in the world and so now questioning and being tossed and turned. What he's saying is that they aren't accepting what the Bible is trying to tell them, the core truths of our faith. And so they're having to be taught them over and over again. Like a person on the fence and on the brink of falling away all the time, when by now they should be long beyond this. They need to accept these truths into their heart and life and build upon them now the greater and the deeper things and, and teach them to their children until they accept these basic fundamentals. They're going to stay infants. That's what he's saying. Their body may be getting older, but their faith is going to stay young until they accept the truth. And so one of the key principles that we can take away from this scripture and apply to our lives is, where am I refusing to just accept the truth of what the Bible says and move on? Where am I stuck between two opinions and, and need to finally accept the core truths of my Christian faith and move beyond that now with my Lord? It's like Joshua in the Old Testament. He told the Israelites, you're wavering between two opinions here. you got to choose. If serving the Lord is undesirable to you, then choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. One of my favorite Billy Graham stories is uh, when early in his ministry, someone asked him a question, and it got Billy Graham thinking, and he went back and he studied the Bible, and, and he knew the Sunday school answer, but that evening he was starting to question, can I trust the Bible as the reliable source for my life? And let me say that again. He asked the question, can I trust the Bible as the reliable source of truth for my life. Well, through the night, Graham wrestled with God on this, and in the morning, he said he got down on his knees, and he just fully surrendered. He said, I just decided that, God, you have given us this word that we might become wise. And this word has stood the test of time, and so I trust it, all of it, not just parts of it that I can understand, but all of it. Like 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the men and women of God might be thoroughly equipped for every good work. He said, from that day on, I just preach the word. 
I asked the Spirit to help me understand, and I just preached the Word. And I had a similar moment in my life there. My preaching got so much better after going to Israel that first time because I realized that instead of me just trying to come up with the answers to all of the the problems, I was just to preach the Word. It was wise. (laughs) I just was supposed to let the Bible speak and let it shape me and do its work in shaping others. I had to surrender to it, and I have not regretted that. There is a freedom and new life and deep wisdom that comes from the Scriptures. And when we just finally accept God's Word as truth and move on, we grow up. We become wise. But if we keep questioning His Word, we stay infants. If we pick and choose which parts of the Bible we like and agree with and don't receive the whole, we stay immature. And remember the devil, when he he tempted Eve in the garden, he made her question God and question if she could trust God. The devil said to Eve, did God really say you shouldn't eat that fruit? And when the devil tempted Jesus in the wilderness, he did the very same thing. He said, did the father really say you're the son of God? Then turn these stones to bread and prove it or jump from this tall tower and see if the angels come and rescue you. The devil then promised Jesus the world if he would just bow down to him instead. But in every temptation, Jesus overcame. Why? By recalling the truth of God's word, standing on the truth of God's word, overcoming all deception with God's word. God's word makes us wise. We have to know, understand, and use God's word in our life every day if we're to grow up, to be more mature and solid in our beliefs and practices. Is there a God? Yes. The scripture tells us so plainly. Move on. Did God create this world and you and me? Yes. Genesis is true. All of it. The school textbook has it wrong. There is a creator behind this. Accept it. Move on. Am I a descendant of an animal? No. We are childish when we believe that, when we let the zoo shape our thoughts about ourselves and not God shape our thoughts. For the Bible clearly teaches that God made us male and female in his image, separate and distinct from the rest of the creation. And so move on. Is there something called sin? Yes. And we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. To sin is to do what is contrary to the will of God. And the consequence of sin is death. The Bible says so. God's word tells us that what, what sin is so that we would even know what it is to avoid it. And is there judgment? Of course there is. By God for everyone. It is irresponsible and childish not to think so. It's time we grow up. Is there a Savior? Yes. He came to save us from our sins, born of a virgin, God's one and only son. He died and he rose for you. Did he really rise from the dead? Yes, the Bible says it and you can believe it, you can trust it, move on. One by one, the truths are laying the foundation of who we are. And and if you don't accept the basic principles of the faith, you don't and can't grow beyond them. You can't mature 
nor can your family or church. We must build our life on the Word of God or we become foolish in our thinking. Our scripture says in 514, solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish between good and evil. The mature are those with constant use of the Bible and the thinking on the things of God have trained themselves through the word to be able to live in this world and distinguish the right from the wrong, the good from the evil, not in their own understandings, but the wisdom of the Lord is the lamp unto our feet and the light unto our path. In the late 300s, the church came up with a statement of faith, which was what is uh, what we believe at a core level, the basic elementary truths that every church and Christian can know for certain from God's Word. And this statement of faith that they wrote, we call the Apostles' Creed. It's the basics. It's the elementary truths. But I think it's a great place to start to say, I'm going to believe this because the Bible says it, so I'm going to believe it. And as a Christian who wants to move from infant to maturity, from milk to solid foods, I need to first have this foundation. And it is from God's Word. The Apostles' Creed is truths that the early church came up with right from God's Word to say this is our starting point. I want to read the Creed for you. He says, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I mean, think about the massive truths just in that opening sentence. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sin, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting Amen. Now, if we look at this, we can see they are the same principles that the writer of Hebrews is bringing up in our scripture for today, that he is saying, man, we need to move on from this, accept this so that you can grow beyond it. So we first got to accept God's word, know the fundamentals of our faith so that we can and might grow up and mature and not stay in it. But there's a second scripture I just want to read for you here. And that's the one from Philippians 3, 7 through 15, because that adds a little bit more to what maturity is. It says this, Whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider him rubbish that I might gain Christ, be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, a righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain from the resurrection of the dead. Not that I've already obtained it all or have already been made perfect, no, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ has took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I must do, forgetting what is behind, and I strain towards what is ahead of me. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if some point you think differently, 
God will make it clear to you. So the mature are those with constant use of the Bible, um, are training themselves in righteousness. But also, I wanted to mention this verse in connection because it uses the word maturity. In Hebrews, maturity came from the fundamentals. But Paul mentions another thing to truly be mature here. Paul recognizes at this point in his life that the greatest thing in his life is Jesus and that nothing is worth more than his faith in Christ, than his salvation. Whatever he chased after in his youth, he can now see doesn't compare. All the trophies he had won, all the respect and fame that he wanted so badly, all that he thought was knowledge, all that he accumulated uh, that he thought mattered, he now realizes worthless. Age and experience does make us a bit wiser. The Bible says, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, but when I became man, I put childish ways behind me. In Philippians, what Paul is talking about here is growing up, looking back over his life, seeing what actually matters now, what actually is truth, and how it all meant nothing compared to knowing Jesus and have a righteousness in Christ and a purpose to live for and a hope to look forward to. Paul has grown up. He's learned the secret. He's zealous and he's passionate about knowing Jesus. He says, I, says, I want to know Jesus even more than I do right now. I want to know more about the resurrection and how that affects my life. I want to know more about the sharing and Christ's sufferings and how I might serve his purposes greater. Paul sees, you see, what matters in this life, what is true and what's worth striving after. He can see that in his life, there's nothing greater than knowing Jesus. Now, it took him a long time to get to that point of maturity, just like you and me. We chase after a lot of things, and then only later do we realize they don't matter. We worry about a whole lot of stuff along the way that looking back, we say, man, I shouldn't have worried about that. We believe a whole bunch of stuff. We thought we were so wise. But then we realize it's false, and we realize the truth. God helps us see that truth. We grow up. What I love about Paul's words is that when he found what was worth living for, he just went all in. He left those false beliefs that he had believed a long time. He left that chasing after the wrong thing, and he went all in with Jesus. And it wasn't a burden to him. It's what he wanted most. What I learned from this scripture is that maturity is when we come to see that truth in Jesus Christ and realize how nothing else matters as much. Knowing him and loving him and serving him is our, our true life calling. And so it's the fundamentals we need, but mixed also here in Philippians with that heart that has come to see and know Jesus and love him and realize nothing's worth more than that. That's the mature believer. I love also what Paul says here is that he hasn't arrived. He's not perfect. He says, I'm still running the race. I'm pressing on towards the goal. And I love that he says in 3.13, one thing I got to do, I got to forget what's behind me. And I got to strain for what is ahead. He says, all of us who are mature should think like this. And I love that. Because probably like you, I got a whole lot of regrets 
And, and many things I wish I could go back in time and tell my younger self, don't worry about that, don't waste your life on that. Or I have had to learn many lessons like we all have along the way. We may have done things to, uh, that weren't right. We may have had things done to us that weren't right or fair or good. And people may have heard us. But what Paul is saying is so important to maturity. He says, don't look back. Don't get stuck in the past. You can't do nothing about that. Forget what's behind. Sure, maybe you can learn some lessons from it, but then move on. Let it go. Look forward. Let the forgiveness of the Lord come to you. And then also give it to, to other people who have hurt you and move on. Don't be a victim of your past or a prisoner to it. Forget what is behind and strain for what is ahead. Move on. Grow up. And growing means moving past where you've been. And there can be events and trials and sufferings or even mountaintop experiences in our past that want us to stay there when God has something new for us today and for tomorrow. And so we be thankful for today and we grow in Jesus Christ and we look for new ways that we might serve him today. Thinking about the new things he wants to grow or do in our life in this new season and how he might want to heal our past or help use it to help others or how he has something that he wants us to accomplish in our life. So maturity, you see, is focused forward. Paul is not focused on the mistakes he made or where he came from or all that he lost or the time that he missed the mark. God in his mercy has rescued him from that old life and he's brought him into a new day and Paul is focusing all his energy on what is ahead, not what is behind. That's how the mature think. I'm excited to say today to, to see what God is going to do in my life in the second half of it i got a lot to learn. I'm excited to see what God has in store for Carrie and I in a new season in our marriage. We, we're always learning new things about each other, to, things that we can do together, or how we can serve God together, ways that we can grow. I'm excited to see what God's going to do in my kids' lives. They're not six or seven anymore. Part of me misses those younger days, but most of me is just excited to see the new relationship I get to have with them as they become adults now. And the ways that God is growing them and going to work in their life, that becomes my focus. What is ahead? For a church, there's some level of this too, an honoring of the past, where we came from. But to grow up, we got to be straining for what is ahead for us as a church. Becoming who he wants us to be tomorrow. Not forgetting where we came from, but realizing there are new people that are sitting around us and new opportunities to reach people with the gospel, to do things that our Lord would have us do today. So we can't get stuck. We got to keep growing up. So I chose both of these scriptures for today because they both talk about maturity and growing up. What my mama wanted for me. And the first scripture in Hebrews was moving from milk to solid food, from elementary truths that we keep wavering on to finally accepting the word of God and the fundamentals of our faith so that we can grow from there. But the second scripture from Philippians adds the heart to that, says, I want to know Christ more. And in, the, in this life, what is really important and forgetting what's behind and moving forward to what Christ would have for us next, the goal to win the prize for which God has called us heavenward. We're still running. It ain't over. Have a wonderful Sunday. Thanks for listening to this week's message. 
to stay up to date with all of Bethlehem Covenant Church's information and events, head to bccwaverly.org.